I just want people to see what's happening, to see the bigger picture of this battle that's being waged. This is the same battle for life. If you can't kill them off with abortion, you do it by, you know, quote, thinning the herd through um, fentanyl poisoning. Hey, my friends, one year ago today is the day that President Biden got caught out laughing about the deaths, tragic deaths, of two young men. We're sitting here right now with someone you know very well, who is the mother of those two young men. And uh, I'm going to let her introduce the clips we're going to play for you to remind you of this. Stay tuned to this episode of The John Henry Weston Show. Rebecca Kiesling, my friend, so good to be with you as always. Let's begin as we always do Sign of the Cross. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Now, we don't often get into the heart of politics, um, but this is really exceptional. Introduce this first clip for us. This is um, your... Give us a bit first, and we'll go to the testimony. But what was your testimony? What was it about? So we can see what and how stunning Biden's actions were. Um, I testified before a congressional committee on the border. And um, Congressman Green had intervie interviewed me uh, the summer before. And he told me... Uh, and. Uh, his staffer is a pro-life activist who used to work for Cleveland Right to Life. And she got hired, and he started to talk to her about his passion about this issue of fentanyl. Um, he is a physician who had been um, the head of a hospital. He'd been, I think, a major in the Army. And he was just passionate about doing something to save lives. And um, she said, well, actually, you know, I know a pro-life leader, activist, who lost her two sons. And um, so she connected us, and he had interviewed me on his podcast, and he said that, you know, if I get elected, I want you to know, well, if we, sorry, he was already a congressman, he said, if we gain control of the House, he said, I'm going to, I promise you, I will do something about this issue. And then um, Fox News saw that they interviewed us, and again, he promised me um, I will do something about this. His very first hearing ever was on the border, and he brought me in as the witness. Um, and he, you know, he followed through with that promise. Let's, let's take a look at uh, this testimony. If we had Chinese troops lining up along our southern border with weapons aimed at our people, with weapons of mass destruction aimed at our cities, you damn well know you would do something about it. We have a weather balloon from China going across our country. Nobody died, and everybody's freaking out about it. But 100,000 die every year, and nothing's being done. Not enough is being done. Numbers are going up, not down. And you talk about children being taken away from their parents. My children were taken away from me. A hundred thousand. 
Americans every year are having their children, 200,000, because it's both parents, right? Are having their children taken away from them. This should not be politicized. It's not about race. Fentanyl doesn't care about race. You see, you talk about welcoming those crossing our border, seeking protection. You're welcoming drug dealers across our border. You're giving them protection. You're not protecting our children. So take us from there to what stunning happened. The very next day it happened. Yeah. Um, and, you know, this is, this is really hard to talk about. I would much rather spend time, you know, remembering my sons, talking about how they lived. You know, my, my daughters, they don't want to talk about how their brothers died. They, they like to tell stories, you know, happy stories about their lives. Um, and they were very pro-life, by the way. Um, but, you know, I, I did it because I, I want to make a difference. And, um, you know, all these innocent children are dying from fentanyl poisoning, not from an overdose, okay, but from poisoning people who thought they're doing recreational drugs and instead they get something deadly. And um, I, you know, believe they deserve to be protected. And the first role of government is to um, protect our people. And they're not doing that because this is, this is a war going on with China and the cartels and, you know, the... Um, they're killing off. It's, it's the number one cause of death, ages 18 to 45. And um, even ages 1 to 8, you know, we see toddlers dying um, from fentanyl poisoning. Again, not an overdose, poisoning. And so, you know, I sacrificed my time to go to Congress and to share this difficult story. And the very next day, well, yeah, it went viral, and I guess that night, that same night, he spoke to House Democrats, and he said, oh, did you see that poor mom, you know, who lost her two sons? Well, it turns out the fentanyl that they got came during the last administration, and, and he laughed. And um, I was actually being interviewed, I think it was on Tucker Carlson, and Sean Hannity was on, and I'm, I'm watching it, and he brings up, this clip that um, Biden had laughed the night before. And I, I just was dumbfounded. I, I couldn't believe it, that this is our president. He laughed about my sons. You know, I felt, um, you know, this is hard enough to share about them. And, and, you know, to think of my sons and that they're so disrespected. Like, I never thought something like that could happen, that, you know, the president would just laugh. About somebody dying. Let's let's take a look at that clip. A little bit of more Marjorie Taylor Greene and a few more, you're gonna have a lot of Republicans running our way. <laughs> Isn't she amazing? <laughs> Oof. Ours is the reason she was, she was very specific. I shouldn't digress, probably, but she, she, I've read. She, she was very specific recently, saying that a mom, a poor mother who lost two kids to fentanyl, that, that I killed her sons. Well, the interesting thing is that fentanyl they took came during the last administration. <laughs> Look, folks. Anyway, I don't want to get started. 
Now, I want to talk to you about something because you've been in the pro-life movement. You've fought in this movement for so long. You've witnessed government doing what, at least from the pro-life perspective, is impossible. They are promoting, not only just allowing for, they're promoting the killing of unborn children in America. They're doing it in black communities while at the same time swearing up and down that they're doing it for black babies. And then everybody knows and sees the abortion mills are all in the black communities and they're killing more black kids than anyone else. There is an intentional move to kill children. But from your experience with your own children, you've seen it's not only even abortion. It's not just the sacrament of abortion. I'd like you to speak to that. Um, what I see is that this, this is the same spirit of death as abortion. Um, the thief came to steal, kill, and destroy. And you have all of these population-controlled people, um, Democrats, who are unwilling to do something about the border, to secure the border. They're unwilling to pass um, the drug homicide, drug-induced homicide laws. Like, you look at who's behind it, like in California. In California, it was just that there would have to be a warning that, um, you know, if you, if someone dies, the next time you'll get a warning that if it happens again, then you could end up um, in jail. And, and they wouldn't pass it. They refused. Um, you look at the guy from the Cato Institute, who was the Democrats' expert when I testified in Congress. Um, he testified that it should be your choice, that it's like the same rhetoric, my body, my choice, that it should be a choice to do drugs, and that we need to decriminalize all drugs. And I, and I just... I ended up, I got called on an, an asked question, and I referred to him and said, he's delusional. Like, you know, when people get fentanyl as anesthesia in a hospital, you have doctors there to make sure you don't die. Like, are you really going to set up centers all over the country where we're going to hook up a whole generation of young people and, and have doctors there to make sure they don't die? Like, are you crazy? Like, you can't decriminalize this. And like, you're just going to let them die? That's it? It's their choice? Just let them die? It doesn't matter. We, you cannot be pro-choice when life is at stake, when it's a matter of life and death. You don't just say, it's their choice, just let them die. We, we have it in Canada on the other end as well, because, of course, you know, we've legalized euthanasia, and it's almost exactly that. Even though they tried to bring it in with, oh, it's only for the sake, it's actually... It's their choice. Let them die. So you think about the master plan of the enemy, and of course, the ultimate enemy is Satan. The you know who came to steal, kill, and destroy. And um, you know, how do you go about it? You know, I've I've often heard that like Satan is kind of the opposite of Jesus, where he doesn't want people to know about him. He doesn't want people to believe in him. You know, so you're oblivious to see this master plan being enacted. And so, you know, how do you go about um, implementing this plan? You go after the most marginalized, right? The preborn. And, and out of the preborn, who, who are the most marginalized out of that group? Oh, okay, children conceived in rape, the 
black community, right? They're going after them. Um, Preborn children of, of different races, and then people, preborn children with uh, disabilities. And then you go after the disabled and infirm who are elderly. And then you go after people with substance use disorder. Because again, like who's paying attention? Who really cares about them? Oh, they're just drug addicts, just let them die. There's people who think that way, and I heard from them. Because there were people who were um, emailing, emailing me, tagging me on, on social media, harassing me, saying you should be the next to die, and saying that, um, you know, calling me all kinds of names, you know, you dumb bee, and, you know, like, they're angry that I made Biden look bad. Like, look, it's my fault that he said that. And they, you know, saying things like, what kind of a mother raises her children to do drugs? Like, are you crazy? Like, you really think that? And, um, and they're like, oh, you don't want to die? Don't do drugs. Like, and, that, and that's just it. Um, there are so many kids that uh, thought their experience one time, that, you know, the slogan, one pill can kill. And they deserve to be protected. Our government knows what's happening. And it's coming freely across the border. They know that this is a war. They're killing all these young people that are of childbearing age. And I absolutely believe that these are the same people who think that the world's overpopulated. And to them, they're just thinning the herd with the least of these, with the most marginalized who uh, they just hope other people aren't paying attention and won't really care, you know, and we'll just get away with it. And they are right now. Can you just, for our listeners, many are Canadian, and, and some actually haven't heard the perspective because in a lot of areas you can't even get Fox News. What's the pro-life explanation of why you need border controls? You know, because it's honestly made to sound like, oh, Trump's just against immigration. He just doesn't like brown people or, you know, he's a problem with Mexicans or Latin Americans because they won't vote for him. What's the real story? What's the pro-life reason for why we need border controls and proper immigration? Well, as being an attorney who, um, you know, is the founder and president of an organization with a network of over 1,200 conceived in rape, incest, sex trafficking, mothers who became pregnant as a result of rape, incest, and sex trafficking. For years, we've been saying that sex traffickers love abortion. You know, it's their best friend. And we want to see these children separated at the border, at least, you know, temporarily until you can get DNA testing and see, is this really their parent or is this a sex trafficker? You know, if you really care about rape victims, you want them to be protected. You want to screen. You want to make sure they're safe. And, um, Again, when this um, Democrat, right before I testified last year, uh, started talking about Trump taking children away from their parents, uh, you know, I thought, you know, and I said, my children have been taken away from me. I mean, I'm thinking they could be reunited. Like later, with the, the, we're making sure they're safe, that these really are their parents, and make sure they're not being trafficked and, and with DNA testing you can prove who their parents are and make sure they're safe and they could be reunited. You know, I'll never be reunited here on earth with my children. <laughs> yeah, my children were taken away from me forever here on earth. Um, you know, Jesus said that uh, hell is where there will be weeping of gnashing of teeth. 
this has been hell on earth to lose your children. And, um, I mean, I literally, like, cracked a tooth. Um, and it's, it's a lot to overcome. Um, I just want people to see what's happening, to see the bigger picture of this battle that's being waged. This is the same battle for life. And, um, you know, if you, if you can't kill them off with abortion, you do it by, you know, quote, thinning the herd through um, fentanyl poisoning. You know, again, this is all coming from China. They don't care about killing their own population. You know, you think they care about killing off our children? who are not just of childbearing age, but they're of mil what would be military age, right? They're fighting a war against us, using weapons of mass destruction, but doing it in a clandestine way where people aren't really paying attention. If they were aligned at our border, and I, I said this when I testified, you know, aiming weapons of mass destruction, I, I said to Congress, and, forgive me my, my language, but I said, you damn well know you would do something about it. But because it's done through drugs, it's like, you know, if all these people think, oh, they're just drug addicts, you know, let them go. Um, but we, we have young people, like toddlers dying. Were, uh, were they addicts? Or people that just try one time, or they end up with THC gummies, or, they, or they're vaping in a vape pen. I'm meeting parents whose children died thinking that they were just vaping, that it was just nicotine. They find out there's fentanyl in it. You know, if they're young, they, they don't know what they're getting. They're getting it illegally, and it's all just flowing across our border. And I really think that it's, you know, part of a mass master plan, just like, you know, look at who is the number one provider in the United States of hormonal therapy to transition. It's Planned Parenthood. Planned Parenthood, Margaret Sanger's organization, the Birth Control League, which was, you know, part of the American Eugenics Society. I tell people, watch the movie Ma'afa 21. You'll see the, the history of eugenics in America. And it's people who think that, you know, the world is overpopulated and also that the wrong people are having children. And, you know, there is a master plan of, of extermination. And let me, let me stop you there because that, the, <laughs> that's a concept that I think for a lot of people is so far-fetched. People need to know you're a lawyer. People need to know that you're, no, you, you're someone who is not only lived in the academic world, but fought in the academic world. But you're also completely sane. So you're saying that there's a plan for extermination sounds so extreme. What brought you over the edge to get to that place? Because when you were fighting abortion in the beginning, that wasn't your understanding. What brought you all the way over there? Well. First of all, the film Ma'afa 21 is, is very compelling. Also, you know, I grew up learning about uh, the overpopulation, how the world's overpopulated, and then I, I encourage people to also watch a demographic winter, demographic bomb. Um, those refute, you know, the overpopulation, um, you know, rhetoric, but uh, it's important to be, you know, educated on this issue, but I began to see that yeah, they're doing it. They're implementing this. And, and you just look at the, the words of 
people from the American Eugenic Society and who's who and um, the words of Margaret Sanger and and what they're doing, how they're implementing it, and who's funding abortion globally. Um, and I I see and I hear the same exact arguments now. Like it was chilling to hear the guy from the Cato Institute talking about you know choice and um, their body and you know autonomy and you know the right to choose to do drugs. They want it to be you know safe and legal. Okay, where we heard that you know. Um, and you, you can't make it safe and legal. You, you just can't. Just like with abortion, you can't. doesn't matter how much you try. It's, it's never going to be safe. And there's women who are being harmed by abortion and babies dying from abortion. And same thing where you have innocent people who are dying um, from having this drug culture. Gives a whole new perspective on this video clip. Yuval Noah Harari, who is, um, they call him, you know, the brains behind the World Economic Forum. He was asked a question about, well, he was pontificating, actually, about uh, the takeover of AI and how they're going to do all the jobs. And what are we going to do with all these useless people? He said, we'll play the clip. He said, the, my best guess, drugs and video games. Listen to this. Now we see the creation of a new massive class of useless people. As computers become better and better in more and more fields, there is a distinct possibility that computers will outperform us in most tasks and will make humans redundant. And then the big political and economic question of the 21st century will be, what do we need humans for? Or at least, what do we need so many humans for? Do you have an answer in the book? Um, at present, the best guess we have is uh, keep them happy with drugs and computer games. <laughs> But this doesn't sound like a very appealing future. Your testimony, your story, the tragedy from your heart gives a whole new meaning to when he says drugs and video games. Because at one point, the best you could have thought was, well, you know, they'll be taken up with their time with video games and, and sustained in their life of doing nothing by having drugs to just keep them calm or whatever. But their plan is depopulation. Their plan is controlling the world's population. And, and part of it is getting children to self-sterilize through the transitioning. And um, they have no problem giving them these hormones. And, and interestingly, like, fun fact <laughs> that I, I don't normally share, but Um, as a, a young woman, I, I was an athlete, and I got into lifting weights, and I ended up, I broke the team national record for bench press, and I was a bodybuilder, okay? Not something I like to share, because I, I really don't like that whole, whole culture, and just kind of, um, you know, it was a little bit of a product of, of how I was raised at the time. I, I didn't know Christ, and um, anyhow, a, a little bit of lost years uh, in my life, but... I wrote essays against um, 
steroids. And I, w I was really upset because it was, it was sort of early in women's bodybuilding. And I started seeing women my age group teenagers doing steroids and knew what it was doing to destroy them and to destroy their, their chance of fertility like forever and um, permanently altering their voice and their physical being and um, and I, I wrote essays against it in high school and in college and I see they're doing this Planned Parenthood is doing this to girls and, and, and to boys and trying to, you know, doing the puberty blockers and, and then, you know, mutilating them. And they make it sound altruistic that, oh, it's because we care, right? You know? Um, care no matter what is their slogan. And all of these young people are being duped and they don't realize this is part of the population control plan. They're falling right into it because they just don't want you having children. And they don't understand it's, it's part of this whole master plan that's being implemented. Um, it's strategic and it's, it's just sad that so many people don't see, again, it's like this idea that Satan is the opposite of Christ, that he doesn't want you to know he exists and he doesn't want you to see what's happening. Um, kind of like the movie The Matrix, right? Do you want to swallow the pill and know what's really happening? I mean, open up your eyes and see how it's, it's all the same spirit of death. Rebecca, I think your whole life has been a testimony. Your whole life that I've known you for has been such a raw testimony of things. And, and this latest chapter is, again, calling you to reach deep into your heart and share from so much of your own pain. You're a hero in many ways. God bless you. Thank you for sharing with us. My sons both said to me shortly before they died, you know, they both wanted to be free and they had gotten clean and really wanted to be free. Um, and, you know, once they experimented, you're hooked like that if you get fentanyl in your system. Um, it's, you know, 50 times more powerful than heroin. I mean, it's, it's insanely addictive and, and powerful. And my boys had gotten free, and they, and they wanted to stay free. Um, and they, you know, said that, you know, you're my hero. You always cared. You always inspected our room. You always taught us right from wrong, you know. And, um, and then my son said, you know, just, Mom, please don't ever abandon me. And, um, you know, I wish I knew that when I know now, because I didn't know what fentanyl was. I didn't know what Narcan was. I didn't know that they had inadvertently dabbled in anything that could kill them. You know, the things that they had admitted to are things that don't kill you. You know, and all these kids, if, if you just teach your kids, and this is the warning to other parents, if you merely teach your kids, don't do fentanyl, they're like, okay, I won't do fentanyl, fine, I won't, do, or I won't touch fentanyl. None of them know they're getting fentanyl, you know? And um, it's, there's, a, there's no room for error at all. It is not how we grew up. The year that my oldest son, Caleb, was born, 2000, there were 20,000 drug-related deaths. The year they died, 2020, there were over 100,000. 
Now we're on track for 125,000. Okay, the world has changed so fast. It's mind-boggling. This is not like our generation where I had lots of friends who experimented. I wasn't one of those. I was into health and fitness and everything. But, um, you know, we know a lot of people who experimented and they didn't die. Now there's no room for that. And it's scary because, you know, teenagers have a propensity to, you know, want to rebel a little or there's, there's no room for that. And it's absolutely terrifying. Um, so I hope, you, you know, you, you will teach your children. Um, but we also, we need to have a policy that protects our people. Um, we have to fight back. Becky Keesling, God bless you. Thank you. From here in Washington, D.C., this has been the John Henderson Show. God bless you.